You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is time still another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. This is our second attempt. We record for about five minutes before we realized Jack's mic wasn't on. Yeah, now was that a was that a ploy by you? Well, I was trying to get you to, you know. You did, talk, yeah, you did it on purpose. Yeah, you did it on purpose. You wanted to make this podcast all <laughs> about you. Smoggy, all of a sudden, he looks over. He's like, "Wait a minute, is my mic not on?" What I'm being, what I'm <laughs> saying is not being heard by the masses of people out there, and I ha- I can't let that happen. Well, guess what, masses, you weren't missing much. Right? That, that, you, that is a lie. <laughs> you literally just said thirty seconds ago, "This is the most brilliant thing you've ever said in months of recording this podcast." So, <laughs> oh yeah, what was it? What did you say? It was so brilliant. Well, we'll get back into it. All right. Bryce Harper got booed. Bryce Harper got booed. Uh, so, Bryce, officially, welcome to the city. Uh, the first month was nice. Um, James thought you were going to get a year. I thought James, give a year. James like, give the thought, guy a break. James thought this city has changed. And let me, just say, <laughs> let me just say one thing, is that Phillies fans are the only fans in this city that actually hold their team accountable. Like, they're the only ones that, like... Like and believe me, they're crazy opinions. But like, at least they they're passionate and they care. And Bryce, like, listen, buddy, James's dad's high school friend, best friend, was that what oh, they yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, best friends, best friends. Reggie Jackson once said that, that, <laughs> that they don't they don't boo nobodies. And uh, welcome to the city, buddy. It was it was a moment. Uh, I t- I didn't totally hate it because I don't think it was all directed at Bryce Harper. I just I don't think it was directed at Bryce Harper. Okay. First and foremost, great quote from Reggie. It is yeah. true. You don't boo nobody. No. So I can I get, get booed walking that. down the street. <laughs> How am I supposed to go on after that? You what can't. Am I, what am I supposed to I'm say in to that? that? Listen, I got it today, buddy. You are you are in rare form today. Yeah. Well, I ran four days in a row. I don't know if you noticed. Have you noticed I've lost some weight? No. No one's noticed? See, no, no one notices. <laughs> no one notices. I've had a salad today. What? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. We're back. You're committing. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> I will never go full in. If I go full in, then I'm. Then just, I should worry about. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing that you have not Harper lented the beer away again. Or anything. Come on. Yeah. yeah come, on. come on. Let's be real. It's gross. Um, <laughs> let me just say this: If I ever get to around 180 ish mm-hmm. pounds wise, you should be worried about. Okay, me. it's yeah. good to know. Because then, because my baseball knowledge is just gone. Like I'm just probably a smoothie guy. You're wasting away is yeah. what's happening. Yeah. 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 So you, watch out for that. Yeah. Everyone watch. If you out. start getting too thin, I'll be like Jack. Get that fat back on there, man. <laughs> we need it. The high hopes people Grab need it. Grab a cheese stick, yes, buddy. Eat a cheese Get stick. Get back to your roots. Drink some more beers. What are you doing? I like this. <laughs> I-, I didn't like the Harper Boo as much as you did, though. Oh, come on. Come on, man. It's May 1st or but- April 30th. He got booed before the end of the month. I mean, really? It's look, I get it. I and I generally am with you. I I 
I don't have any problem with booing in general. Like I'm fine with the boo and all that. It just felt like a little quick. A little quick for the boo. Yeah, he's but been here a month. Give he, him a chance. I just think and that. And he's hustling and he's trying. It's one thing like if if I get it, if you want to boo someone cuz they don't run down to first base hard enough or whatever it is, warranted, righteous, fair. But we're we're less than a month into the season and this guy's getting booed because he's dropping a ball. I mean, it happens because he's striking out. Sorry, he's in a slump. Like I look, I'm not super angry about it. Personally, I wouldn't have booed. Now, let me just say this: is that if if I thought it was directed at Bryce Harper, I would be more upset about the boo. But like, I sure in the moment it was directed at Bryce Harper. But in my opinion, Bryce Harper is the face of the Phillies, and he is supposed to be the straw that stirs the drink. And the Phillies have come out flat. They have not played good baseball for what feels like ten days or two years. Um, <laughs> Eight years, I think, yeah. is actually correct. And it just it just felt like. It felt like they were dead, and and when you're a Phillies fan and you're going down to the ballpark and you have a good baseball team, like there's a good baseball team inside this Phillies team. I mean, they are in first place. They're 17 and 13 right now. I understand they're in first place, but like that's more of a results over process to mm-hmm. be in first place that's for fair. me. It's fair. So so when it, it, I, to me that was just a a frustration boo with how the Phillies have played for the last ten days. It was and it just happened to be right after he drops the ball in right field and then strikes out at the plate. And to me, I think that's warranted to kind of get this team going. I don't think it was a, a boo of Bryce Harper. I don't think Philadelphia is at all sour grapes with Bryce Harper. Because because listen, if if the Phillies were winning and playing good baseball and he drops the ball in right field and then strikes out, no one's booing him. No one's booing him. But the fact that he Made those two mistakes. Well, I, a strikeout's not really a mistake. mistake. Yeah. It's just he made a happened. mistake and he struck out. And the way the Phillies have played recently, I just think that was a lot of fan frustration coming out because if they're winning and he does that, no one gives a crap. I all right. Not to give you too much credit, I think it's a really good point. Thank you. I do. I think that if if the boo was directed at the cumulative product of the team that we had seen and I was at that game the 3-1 loss we'll, so di- we'll dive into it that was a horrible game it was they had four hits <laughs> it was a they had horrible four game. hits and I know you're a big Spencer Turnbull guy but he's not that good all right I tried to tell you oh, all oh what a what a horrendous game it was so I for that perspective Jack you've kind of swayed me a little bit if that was the case I'm all right with it if it's a personal Bryce you suck boo less okay with it. in your heart is that though, fair in your heart do you think it was that Probably not. I, I do think there were some people who were like, I paid money to see Bryce sure. Harper and you're sucking. I'm mad at and you. And those are the knuckle draggers that exactly. don't actually. And those are the people that I'm calling out. Yeah, yeah. And those are the people that don't actually care about the Phillies, right? Like those are the people that are like, oh, I'm going to, I paid $200 <laughs> for this game. And the fact that you, the fact that you there got it is. at, there it if is. my game that I paid all my, I parked down there, I freaking got out of work early. I talked to my buddies and I was like, yeah, I'm going to ballpark, see Bryce. And Bryce didn't show up. All right, Bryce didn't do so. I booed him. All you right, know, real quick, is guy. that the premiere? I think that's the premiere. For those who don't know, <laughs> this is Jack's go-to. I mean, Jack rocks the Philly accent like none I've ever heard in my life. Strong. Yeah, I don't think it's been, it's premiere on the high ups. I think right? it is I because think it is. I've heard you do it. 
10,000 times maybe. I, I don't know. think we've ever brought it to the pod. I know. I know. Um, it's good stuff. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. You do it all the time. In the history of the world. <laughs> all the time. There's nothing I love more than breaking it out. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's just the best. You're really you good know? at it. It's much he, better than you're saying. We'll because we're thinking, we're thinking of the guy from opening day that called into Marks and Reese and he was like, yeah, got out of work, paid $300, paid $100 in beer, and yeah, boot him. I beat him. <laughs> it's like, oh, why are you doing that God, for? I remember that call. Top five <laughs> worst call in the history of sports radio. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was a frustration boot with the team, I think. Uh, I don't know if it was totally directed at Bryce Harper. And um, and ultimately, hopefully it gets them going a, a, a little bit. And I, I just, I, I liked it, Phillies fans. Like, it, I think Phillies fans, more than other teams in the city, care the most about the product on the field. And they care about how the team is trending and all that stuff. And they see through the BS. We talk about this a lot. But that team last year was flawed. And fans didn't show up, even though they were in Fans first. didn't believe you. You're right. Right. And I think Phillies fans are the best at kind of sniffing that out. And they got on, they got on them on Tuesday night. And I think that was a warranted time. Because, James, like, they have not played inspired baseball since the since the first week and a half of the season, really. Since since the since they blew that game in Washington, we mm-hmm. haven't seen the same team. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, since they blew a game at home against Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the, about, the, the Juan Soto game. The yeah, Victor yeah. Robles game. Yep, the six one game. That, I agree with you. Since that game, they have not been the same. I think it's a really you can point to that game and they really have played differently since then. And my worry is is that this is a team that when they're going great, going right, everything's fine. But I don't see, and I haven't seen it one month into the season, I have not seen the resiliency of a, of a team that has as much talent as this team has. Like, I haven't seen the back against the wall. And last night was a good... Last a good, night was. That's where I was going to go. But it felt like an exhale more than we're going to get back in this game and, and do some damage. And it also felt like, and we'll get to it, but it also felt like if, if they go down further than 2-1, they don't come back. It felt like it was teetering there. And especially when, and we'll get to it, that when Neris gets that out there, it felt like that inning could have blown open, and I don't know if they come back from that. But it was a resilient win. It felt like, and we'll dive in each one, but I, I think your overall point is is very fair. I, I concur with it. I just generally think that a month into the season of a team that is 17 and 13, or at that time 16 and 12, whatever they were about to be 16 and 13, I'm willing to give them a little more rope to figure it out. Yeah, and especially with the injuries. With the injuries and all that. But I, I fair point, you've turned me a little bit on the boo. It's yeah, good work good. by you. Uh, they're 17-13 and 13, uh, after one month of the season, which is the exact same record as the 2018. Ooh. Also, I do, I'm going to spur this on you right now. Waiting. Ready. Happy Go. anniversary, because yesterday, in 1883, was the first Phillies game. I saw that. Very cool. And look, 100-some-odd years later... Here's the High Hopes podcast. Look Two at that. monumental moments in <laughs> Phillies history. Them starting, them starting the team in 1883. Uh, by the way, um, their starting pitcher that day lost 48 games that season. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. He lost 48 games. Wow. And the first game took 90 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Do you think we're gonna see that again? Can you imagine? <laughs> no. Can you imagine? being done watching a baseball game at 8.30 and no. something like your whole line, yeah. night ahead of you? No. It's like, no, I go to bed at midnight every night. No, I, I, <laughs> I choose to sit here. <laughs> I choose. <laughs> through all of this. All right, let's dive into the specifics and we'll look ahead after that and all that. But um, yeah. let's, and I, I know we want to get into a particular member of the Phillies coaching staff who on Jack Fritz's <laughs> hot seat, let's say. We'll yeah. get to that. But let's start with the, this series. 3-1 loss on uh, Monday. I didn't say Friday this time, Jack. I didn't well, say so Friday, but it was wrong. Tuesday. It was Tuesday, so you're getting there. 
Gonna break We're another pen. You're getting there, I'll get the day buddy. Right. I'll get the day right at some point. <laughs> one of so, these days. Uh, yes, and I was I the the the, the assholeness of <laughs> me so to say I didn't say Friday when I got the day wrong. All right. so I should be banned from this podcast for doing that again. All right, wait, wait, we won't blame you too much because I, I know you're, you have daddy brain. Where, yes. Yeah. Where, that, by the way, I heard the call thing. today. It's a real thing. I, daddy brain's a real thing. I am a hundred percent dumber than I used to be. It's just fact. The, the listeners have noticed. Um, <laughs> oh, I set myself. All right. <laughs> so shout out to all the dads out there. Yes. Uh, listen, you James, guys get me. James is clearly taking a big step back on this <laughs> on this podcast, and uh, and it's because of his child. So I'm blaming it on Zoe. Look we, at that. I can't even can, take responsibility myself. It's all Zoe's We fault. can't let James have another kid or else this podcast is <laughs> going into the tank. Yes. Luckily, I think we'll be all right with that one. All right. Uh, let's start with Vinny. <laughs> Bad Vinny was back, Jack. And it wasn't all his fault. Yeah. We'll get into Cesar Hoskins, whoever you blame for that. Like, oh my God. But Vinny, we still saw some of that nibbler, the the old school Vinny that we freaking hate. Dude. A hundred pitches in three and two thirds. Old school Vinny. I mean, that's the guy right there. Yeah, that's the guy. And like, I don't want to crush Vinny because I don't. Because think he's been very good. He's I mean, been I don't fine. want to rip him. He's been coming into the game. He had an ERA of one point nine nine. Like, I'm not gonna kill the guy, but it uh, it was worrisome because I think the thing with Vinny is whenever he has these stretches of solid baseball, he had the one last year where it was like ten starts, where like eight of them were pretty decent, and he'll have these stretches and he'll show the flashes, but. Every single time, he always goes back to that guy. So I think when you see it even once, it's terrifying. Listen, do you want to? You want the main sign as to I'm not totally giving up on Vinny. There was no bring up Pavetta takes. Okay, yeah, that's a good I'm point, not actually it's, right. It's a big which moment. Is for shocking, me. considering yeah. the guy is like the best minor league pitcher in the history of baseball. But whatever, of no all biggie. time. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, uh, Vinny had. We're gonna get to Pavetta by the way later on. Yeah, Vinny <laughs> had a Vinny had a bad start. It was 100 pitches. Obviously, it wasn't totally his fault there in the third inning or whatever. When it was the third inning, third inning, yeah, where the ball. Who do you blame for that, real quick? Because I heard a lot of people blame Hoskins and. I thought it was as much, if not more, Cesar's fault than than uh, Hoskins. I thought it was Hoskins' fault. Um, I could have gone either way. It was kind of between them. I, I felt like Cesar had a better angle at it if he wanted it, but either way, but, but mistakes. But Cesar is playing over on the shift, so he had a longer run to get there, whereas Fair Hoskins point. just had Fair a, point. Fair point. a drop back and go. And Reese at first base is just horrendous. <laughs> it's not been great. So bad. Yeah, he's, he, he's serviceable, but... Uh, no, the, he's not. He's he, well below he's average. Below he is potentially the worst first baseman in baseball I, I think he's probably in the running I, I don't I don't know every bad defensive first baseman in baseball but I bet he's in the top five if I had to guess not great yeah um so with Vinny on with Vinny on Tuesday the one part that I was getting frustrated with Vinny was that he was going back to his how he was before the last four starts which he would not fully reach his balance point before going home and when he you do- talked a lot about yes, this. and when he doesn't do that, his fastball location is just way off. Like when you when you fully reach your balance point, all of your energy is back on your back leg, and when you explode to the plate, like you just have so much more umph behind it. It's like it's like throwing a punch, but you load the punch instead of just throwing your arm mm-hmm. in a way. And when he does not fully collect himself and have all the weight back on his back leg, and it just it causes his fastball 
location be all over the place. Like his fastball location, what had made Vinny Vinny the last four starts was his fastball location where he was putting the ball where he wanted to put it. And what happened on, on Tuesday was the ball was up in the zone, up and away, and they weren't competitive pitches. And that's why you see his pitch count be 100 pitches in, in three and two-thirds. I think that's a pretty simple fix that I'm sure Chris Young saw, and they'll be able to fix that. My my bigger concern with Vinny going forward is that even when he was going well, he still wasn't doing it out of the stretch. Like Out of the stretch, he was just lift and go rather than making sure. He, and I understand you want to be quick to the plate because they're major leaguers and whatnot, but... Um, I think it's more important to focus on the batter at the plate than than the runner on first sometimes. Yeah, as does Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, and I just think that he got away from that a little bit. Uh, I, he needs to get back to his balance point. But for the first three innings or two innings, I mean, he was he was, he was Vinny. I mean, it was fastballs up. They weren't able to catch up to it, and he was 97. So not totally out, but a, a simple fix that he needs to change. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, and, and hopefully we get good Vinny more than bad Vinny. But until I see it... For like a full it's just, season, it's I'm hard not, to trust them. It's impossible. It's it, Jack. It's impossible to trust him. Yeah, him and him and Franco. And listen, Franco's been great. And I mean, oppos- it's so good. I mean, opposite field double. We'll get to that game. But I mean, my man's hitting the ball to the opposite field. He's he's not swinging over the ball like used to. He's not stepping out the he's way he's not used to. striking out. Yeah. Unfortunately, the strikeout streak came to an end. Of course, right after we do this podcast. Why wouldn't it? We are like the kiss Dude, of death. I just, for that type of so stuff. so. I, I this is on it. Like I I took Moniac out of my out of my bio because, and I just put in there. Like tweeting through my mush phase because like literally everything has just been crap. Like it's it's, <laughs> I, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like it's unbelievable. I'll tweet one thing and then the next second the exact opposite will happen. <laughs> it is like Moniac's back to, down at one ninety five in Double A. He's out of the bio. I'm not putting another athlete in my bio. Yeah, last athlete that was in my bio Markel was Markel Fultz. Yeah, you're a disaster with this. Dude, it's crazy. Like my players God, are you. You were the kiss of death. Players are legitimately talented, and then they they reach the bio, and it's game over. <laughs> it's crazy. Ooh, I just had an idea. No, Jeff McNeil in the bio, maybe. Yeah, but it doesn't work when I when uh, okay. I obviously so do it. I have to does, genuinely okay. believe okay. it. Okay, all right. All right. For, Fair. for for Fair. it to go completely to crap, I have to genuinely believe it with all I'd my really heart. I'd really like to knock Jeff McNeil down a few pegs. If possible. Can't do it. He's yeah. he's impossible. He's unjinxable. <laughs> he owns our soul. <laughs> for Jeff McNeil. Um, but yeah, Tuesday was Tuesday was not fun. Nothing else from Tuesday. Obviously, the offense didn't get going. We'll get into that a little deeper. Um, but the it, one thing I did notice on Tuesday was that Bryce Harper did change his batting stance a little bit. Ooh. Um, so instead of doing when the hands up, drop the bat to the shoulder, and then back up. And then back wise, up, yeah. He just kept his hands up the whole time. Really, he didn't drop the bat back. He didn't do that. So that I, is interesting. I think I think he does that when he feels like his time needs to get a, a little off. quicker to the plate, type of thing. Correct. And uh, when he's going right, obviously he'll do the toe tap and all that, and it'll be back to normal. But I think for him to get to the right spot mentally, he has to not drop his hands and just drive to the baseball. It's the it, it was one thing that got him going in the second half last year. I remember watching in the. 30,000 Bryce Harper highlight tapes I watched. It was <laughs> no the, one knows him better than you, the Jack. Second, the second half, he started raising his hands and not doing the drop the bat on the shoulder and then go um, kind of thing. So that was interesting on Tuesday. And then he, obviously you came out and saw it on Wednesday, smoked three balls. Um, so hopefully he's coming out of whatever slump he was in. But I thought that was interesting um, from Tuesday. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into Wednesday because obviously a lot more fun to talk about. Oh, wait about. on. Before we move on from Tuesday. Ooh, ooh. Tuesday was the day that Alec Bohm got promoted to Clearwater, I baby. I was going to get there, Oh, brother. you're going to get there? Look at Alec promoted on my thing. You should probably just send thing. me this sheet. Like I should. I probably should. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we like to do it live. And I like to make fun of you bringing up things before I get to them. Yes. So, yes, Alec Bohm, are you so excited? Uh, yeah, I, I... We needed it. We talked about it on this show how it was, he needed to be called up. 
Uh, he was too old to be in that league. It was absurd. Way too old to be in that league. So it's the kind of thing that makes you worry. Like, and he got called up, but the fact that he wasn't called up at that moment, you're like, should I be more worried about Alec Baum than I am? Absolutely correct. Yes. So, and he, he, I mean, came out like gangbusters. I mean, he's batting like 373 before he got brought up. Because you didn't put him in the bio. Yeah. Not, <laughs> Alec Bone will never touch the bio. But the one thing that's interesting, I was watching some tape of him, and he's slowly but surely getting his hands into the uh, correct uh, line. Oh, hands! Ochart! Oh! Never doubt Jason Ochart. He has it. the... Uh, he now has the sensors on the bottom of the bats, which all the Astros use, which, I mean, listen, I, you know, I said it before the season, I'll say it again, behind Bryce Harper, bringing in Jason Ochart was the second biggest acquisition. I thought you said it was the most important, but that's fine. We'll go second. <laughs> well, Bryce Harper's pretty important. <laughs> so Jason Ochart, second most important. He's already fixed Alec Bohm. It's great. It's great. We got to get Ochart on the pod. Yeah. I mean... He's a huge we, fan of the we pod, are so. the, like We are the official Jason Ochart for Hitting Coast Podcast. <laughs> I, w- I would say we've mentioned Jason Ochart's <laughs> name more than his family has within the last year. All right. The important things. Yes. Let's move on to Wednesday. Start with the obvious place we need to start. Not vintage, but Not personally, yet. I thought Nola looked better. The curve looked better. He was fooling guys. A couple uh, called third strike strikeouts. Like He seemed to have guys a little bit more off balance, but... Not quite there yet. What was your take on Nola? Uh, so what I've started doing in my mush phase is... <laughs> I love this. This is... Good. Dude, it's in my head. Like, I'm not even lying. I can tell, it's, man. It's it's in my head. Like, no other. I tweet one <laughs> thing. I get three, three responses. Stop drinking. <laughs> so do you, like, really think when you tweet, yes. you're like, should I send this? Is this... Yes. It, wow. Yes. Of wow. course I do. So what I've started... <laughs> so it's because it's because I own the mush gods during the whole Eagles playoff run. Like, I was in there... I. I destroyed them on counterpoint. Like they didn't have a chance, but they're, they're, get, they're getting me, they're getting me back now. It's re, there's in some a repercussion big way, here, yeah. In a big way, but uh, if, of course, as soon as I pass ten thousand followers, um, um, shout out to Jackie Ten K. It's a big moment for me. This guy, big moment for me. Um, so, oh, so what? I, if you'll notice, what I'll start doing is I'll say a certain someone is looking like himself. Oh, is that what you're doing these days? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah. you are really in your head yeah so this I, is great i did it with eikoff a couple days ago i said a certain someone is looking like his 2016 form and he dominated he was awesome and then yesterday with nola after the first inning i could just tell like i could just tell he was looking like nola a little bit um now i will say wasn't great as the game went along um, and it was incredibly frustrating that he couldn't get that line i mean and even though we know like just watching he wasn't vintage nola but you look at the line six innings no runs is a whole lot different than five and two thirds and one run i know it shouldn't be but it is it just we would have all felt a lot better about the show and here's how we know that nola's not totally back yet is that uh overall by the end of the game he threw 42 fastballs mm-hmm. 60 curves and change-ups Wow. Like, that's just not... Wow. That's not Nola. That's not Nola just yet. He doesn't trust that fastball. I think early he trusts the fastball. He was getting up to 95 with, like, legitimate zip to it, and he was crossing guys up on the uh, right-handed batters up with fastballs in, but uh, as the game went on, he just lost feel for it. He lost feel for his fastball. And the home run... I think it was the home run? No. It was the, it was whatever, whatever tied the game 1-1, which was a Jacoby Jones single. Yep. It was seven straight curveballs. Really? Like seven straight curveballs or changeups and no fastballs. And you're telling me Jacoby Jones, who stinks, was going to catch up to a fastball? Um, so that was really frustrating. The football players are better, Jacoby Jones, and he wasn't even that good. He wasn't good at all. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's just that he's, he's close. I the, thought there'd be two professional athletes named Jacoby Jones. Yeah. Um, so the it was it was a good noble start. The curveball... 
I am, I am, I am. That was the best curveball of the season. Like that was a good curveball. Yeah, and it, was, it was. I mean, people looked fooled by the curveball. But he's not Nola until that fastball is back, and I, I just, it was weird. Like the fastball was just darting on him. Like it was just taking off. It wasn't even competitive. It was just flying in like the fifth or sixth inning. It was like come out of his hands and then automatically come flying out. Uh, and I wonder, so uh, I was wrong about the balls. Yeah, you texted me about yeah, this. So, I was, so a couple weeks ago we talked about how we thought the seams might, I thought the seams might have been higher on the baseballs. And that's why Noel's curveball was not moving as much. But LA was talking about this yesterday on Marks and Reese. And he was saying that it's actually the exact opposite. Seams are lower. The seams are lower. Which makes more sense. Because you would think if the seams are up, like it wouldn't. Effect, like he'd still be able to find a grip that works there because he'd have something to have friction with. You yeah, know what I mean? But he would throw it softer. I think I don't think I was totally off base. But no, no, no. I'm was, just saying this. This makes a little more sense than than what we. Were well, it makes sense. Thought. It makes sense from a command standpoint. Yeah. Like the higher seams, you would still be able to command it at a high level. And so I think it comes down to this with Nola with the balls is that so how LA was describing it and you talked to Nola about it. And he said, basically, they come out and they feel like ice cubes. Like, it feels like you're throwing ice cubes, which does not sound fun at all. No. So they're not rubbing them up, so you can't get a feel, you can't get a grip on them at all. They're not scoffed or anything. Um, And the seams are lower. So what I think was happening there in the fifth or sixth inning was when you are, when you your fastball is at its best and when it's getting its best movements, and especially him, I'm sure he does this, to get two-seam run on his ball. But you put pressure on your index finger, and you like to get the best possible velocity and movement. You want it on your finger as long as possible. Uh, you want it on your fingers as long as possible before you release it. And what I think was happening there was that he was putting pressure on the on his index finger on the ball, and the ball would just come out and just dart on him. Like a lot of a like lot of slide out of his hand. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of those pitches in the fifth and sixth innings, it was it was a fastball that would just dart. Yeah. It would. It would just. It was like what was that? And it would just rise up to mm-hmm. lefties. It would go out of the zone, out of the zone up and yeah. in. And I think a lot of that had to do with the, the balls and not being able to rub them up. And he was saying that once it gets warmer, he'll actually have like moisture on his face that he can actually start gripping it. And the fact that it's cold out, he can't sweat. So why is he not using Vaseline like every other pitcher in baseball does just on the sly? I mean, he probably does. Yeah. I mean, he probably has it somewhere. Right. He we prob- need more. He probably has pine tar Get somewhere. more of that in there, Aaron. Everyone does it. Do it more. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, quickly before we move on to the offense, I we ripped Kapler a little bit recently. We've had a couple of questions about his bullpen use and whatnot. Massive amount of credit for bringing Hector Neris there in the sixth inning. I mean, he's the de facto closer for this team for all intents and purposes. Yeah. He saved their last four saves. 99% of managers, or I guess baseball has changed. Let's say 90% of managers would not have brought him in in that situation. He brings Neris in in the sixth inning inning to get mm-hmm. one out one pitch and I appreciate that he didn't bring him back out granted you know when spots come up in the order there are other reasons for that but I do think that potentially that's a data point that they we haven't seen that as much this year where you talked a lot yeah. about not bringing guys back in after they get out of a beginning but I just thought that to go to his closer for all intents and purposes in the sixth inning in that spot of a game that could have slipped away there that was a really good move by Kapler. Yeah, and the, the game's in the balance. I mean, the game's in the exactly. balance at that point. Yeah. And what I liked about Gabe was he, on Tuesday and Wednesday night, even though they were down, uh, or in that case they were tied, um, 
he didn't bring in the human white towel that is Jose Alvarez. Thank you. So Jesus. And I think what we'll learn is that when Gabe has the off days and uh, he has a, a fully rested bullpen, he has no problem bringing in guys and help them keep them in a ball game and not completely throwing in the white flag. Um, and and I thought that was good. Like he in the it was three one on. Tuesday night, and he brought in his best relievers. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a good adjustment and kept them in that game, even though they didn't come back. And obviously, last night, it kept them in the game just long enough to where they could take advantage and come back late in the ball game against the Tigers' bullpen that is atrocious. It's bad. I mean, it's too bad they couldn't get to Daniel Norris. who is, Daniel Norris stinks. I, I think he's better than you. I mean, he's talented. I know but he's talented. He's but not. He's, he, you should be able to get to him. Yeah. This team doesn't hit lefties as well as you would think they would. And we talked about Rees, but just in general. Yeah, and Joe 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 Giglio brought this up the other night. Like the Dodgers are a nightmare scenario for the playoffs because they go they go Kershaw, Ryu. Dodgers are just a nightmare well, yeah. scenario, period. But yes, I agree with you. But they have all Urias. Well, they have the other all these thing lefties. about the Dodgers, they do, they do, they have all those lefties. And then on top of that, they also have a lineup with a bunch of guys who they sub in and out where they can throw a bunch of righties at you, a bunch of left. That's the thing is they got a lot of left-handed pop, and that's a bad matchup for our rotation as well. On the other side, I mean, you got Muncie, Peterson, like all these guys who are just left. Bellinger, like all these guys are just going to freaking mash balls yeah. against right-handed pitching. It, the Dodgers are a nightmare matchup. Yeah, I, because, I don't think they have a chance, to be honest. It, as of the way they're comprised now, there's a lot of baseball to be played, but the Dodgers are the worst possible matchup for the Phillies. Like I would say, uh, so Hoskins can't hit lefties. That's yep, been documented. the craziest thing. It doesn't make any sense. And Mike Alfranco was four for, four for 24 against lefties this year. He can't hit lefties. But what is this? How Harper's does this make any sense? Harper's good against them. Real Muto, I haven't noticed him crushing lefties. No. Literally, Sean Rodriguez is on this team to hit left-handed pitching. And my man hits lefties. He does hit lefties. Yeah. I will give him that. He does smoke lefties. he's lefties. okay, too. Got hit last night, yeah, pulled then, out. Yeah. So. Um, uh, speaking of, of a potential Dodger series, I was going to bring this up later, but I feel like it's a good time now. Uh, future Philly Madison Bumgarner last night. He had 18 swings and misses against that Dodgers I team. I saw that. And he pitched pretty well. I, you Buster, know. Buster Posey said... Buster Posey my said, guy for a while. I'm all in. Let's go. Buster Posey said that Madison Bumgarner stuff last night was the best he's had all year. So... Let's go. Bum? Get him. Uh, by, trade, by, get me Bumgarner and Will Smith in a trade? Oh, my God. Come on. Mm, Come I like on. it. How much better are you? All I right. like it. We'll I like there. it, I like it, I like it. We'll get there. All right, uh, you mentioned it before. The offense in general bounces back in, in that game. Obviously, all late for the most part, down 2-1. Mike like, Franco. Like, yeah, it's weird, the offense. Like, they need that exhale moment, and then everyone's like, oh, we're actually talented. Oh, oh, we can hit. Yeah. Franco with the big uh, bases loaded double. Uh, opposite field hit. Impressed there. Hoskins homers later. It, they, they got it done, which was necessary. But where, where are you at after so, yesterday's game? So let me ask you bad. something. Is Michael Franco... Is Michael Franco the second most second person you'd want up the most in a big spot on this team right now? Right now, like today, the way I mean, oh god, Reese obviously number one. Reese is number one. Yeah. I mean, he's proven that he's a pretty. Uh, it should be Reese. Reese is number one yeah. for me. No, but I just because I think I would take Gene Segura's bat. And ability to put his bat put on the ball. The exactly. In in any situation like that. But Franco's probably third for me, which is crazy. What are we talking about? I'm putting over Bryce Harper, Romuto, McCutcheon. Yeah. What is that? No, and, and Mike L. I mean, here's what I think we I get. was ready to have him be traded to the Padres. I was like, leave. Yeah, we a lot of us were. Um, and, I mean, I don't want to, you know, 
whatever. But Mike Moustakas is still having a better year. <laughs> so, so before, you know, before you get all up and at him I like about that you couldn't even go the whole way and you just had to kind of get the dig in there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Everyone's like, whoa. Remember when people wanted Mike Moustakas? Yeah, well, Mike Moustakas is better and having a better season. So let's relax for five seconds. Um, <laughs> Good. I like that. You just but shove I, that in there. But I will say that Franco, like, what we'll get out of Franco, I mean, he's been clutch this season. He had the hit last last night. He had the single early in the week that that broke open the game. Um, and just when it, when it comes to those situations, he's the eight hole hitter. They that he is aggressive, and in those situations, like he's not going to strike out. He's like he's like a nine percent K rate or a ten percent K rate. Crazy. Um, even after the three strikeout game, it might have gone up a little bit, but before that game, it was a nine percent K rate. So um, he's not. It was actually it was nine strikeouts in the whole year. Yeah, nine like, targets on the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was crazy. So Franco, I just, I kind of trust him in big moments. Me too right now. Big moment Franco. Yeah. And the fact that he's going opposite field. I mean, it does feel like he's had a lot of big hits this year. You're right. Yeah. No, I know. He's had, he's had a lot of big hits. And it hits. feels like also in a lot of spots where everyone's struggling, Franco has been the guy to get him going. I feel like that has happened multiple times this year. The uh, the catalyst? Catalyst. Michael Franco? Eight hole Mikey. The straw that stirs the drink? Oh, man. What wow. Are we, what are we doing, Jack? What are we doing? I did not predict that. No, and he's just, he, he, he puts together a solid at bat, and it's just, it's it's a, he is coming up big in big moments. He did it again last night. That team needed that win, and for him to step up in that position, like, it's big. Any other thoughts on the Tiger series? Uh, can you give me? I'm trying to find his clutch stats because I want to know what they look yeah, like. Look for but his they're pretty stats. good. I will bring up real quick some injury updates. I wanted to, to make sure we mentioned. It looks like Odubel could be back on Sunday. Okay, hold on. Five which seconds. Be huge. Go ahead. One second. I finally found him. So two outs. <laughs> two outs. Run- hold on. Hold, hold, second, five. Okay. I know. okay. Two outs. Runners in scoring position. He's batting 364 with a 1300 OPS. So the numbers bear it out. Yeah. In late and close games, he is batting 278 with a 316 OBP. Uh, in a in t- uh, uh, let's see, behind yeah, I mean basically in those two situations, two outs, running scoring position, late and close uh, tie game. He's only batting 167, but he has a uh, uh, yeah, his OBP is not great either. But I will say, late and close games, stats very good. Two outs, runners in scoring position. He's batting. 364. Yeah, and it's felt that way. Like, the eye test has said, the moments have said, like, I feel like Franco has come through in a lot of big spots. Uh, injury updates really quickly. Odubo looking to be back on Sunday. Obviously, we are aligned in that being a very good thing uh, for this team. How about Nick Williams asking to get traded, or saying he's going to get traded on, on WIP? Did you hear this? Of course. What was that? My man goes, Jim Jackson just asked him a question about, you know, are you, you know, you're not doubting yourself or anything. He goes, well, you know. You know, probably be in another uniform soon, but you know, whatever. What? It yeah. just like it was. It, this was craziness, Jack. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, dude. Nick Williams is a is just not a great talker. <laughs> He's just not. Like I remember last year when he did the whole. Yeah, I guess the computers make the lineup. The robot thing. lineups, baby. Yeah, he's just, he's just. And then a, how about the thing with his manager and the minors? He had those issues. Like he seems like maybe a bit of a malcontent. Yeah, it was weird when I heard it's it. Like, hey, bro, hit better than one sixty two, maybe. When I heard him with with JJ, obviously I was sitting there, and I'm with the Julio. I was like, did he just say like he's just waiting to be traded? Yes, that's and exactly like, what he said. And also, like, the Phillies aren't going to trade you right now. I, I know, <laughs> I know. It's, I'm, I'm, I was, I couldn't believe, I don't know if I've ever heard an athlete say that in an interview in such a situation where he's just chatting, like, you know, very casually saying like, yeah, you know, probably be in another uniform. 
So yeah, it was so weird. It was it was just such a weird moment. Really weird. So anyway, um, we're yeah. happy to have Oduble back on Sunday for for many reasons. Kingery apparently is in the first stage of his running program. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Well, Gabe was very very positive yesterday on the manager's show. Just like that was a big moment for him. Okay, step forward. Good. Good. So uh, hopefully. Hopefully get him back. A few weeks type of thing, yeah, probably. Like that was a legit hamstring train. Which is a killer. It can be four um, to six weeks, something at like least, that. Even though Cesar has been great in the field, at least he's hitting well. It has not been great in the field. You said has been great in the field. I said has not. Okay. Whatever. It sounded like has. Believe me. He has not I, been I great don't think anyone field. would have misinterpreted that. You're right. Yeah. All right. Last one. David Robertson still sore and not throwing. Not great, Jack. Yeah, no, that's not great. And uh, there was a positive uh there was a positive update, I think. Tuesday and then and then their negative one came the I know it's yeah. not like they were like oh he could be back soon almost and yeah. then it's like oh by the way still hurts yeah. not great maybe a little setback so yeah. uh, not I'm, great I'm, on Robertson I, I, I'm just there will be a David Robertson is going to visit Dr. James Andrews update at some point that's I, the way I look at it I uh, I think he's gonna pitch soon I, I'm not really okay I good. think he's gonna be fine I think he's gonna be okay. fine I really do now Tommy you're Hunter you're more optimistic than I am Tommy, Tommy Hunter he's not, play, just, he's not pitching just, this year yeah, Tommy Hunter's out of sight out of mind yeah, yeah, yeah. guy's he's, not playing for the Phillies no he's year. not See, okay. I mean, he had another he's been like he was like frustrated I guess with some something the other day so alright two more quick notes I wanna get into we'll look at do the uh, the Nats series coming up as well but um, in a second we'll get to Jack's hot seat hot yeah. seat coming from Jack but uh Jack's guy. How about that? Nick Pavetta. Actually, Gabe Kapler saying, maybe we could use him in the bullpen. The new, the actual brand new Pavetta is a multi-inning weapon. (laughs) I mean, just from a talent perspective and what he could offer, he could be a a devastating piece in the bullpen. Yeah, so I would, I I swear to God, this is not just a whatever. I would rather have Pavetta out of the pen than Craig Kimbrell. Like, I think... I think Pavetta would be better out of the pen this season than Craig Kimbrell would be. Like I, from a standpoint of listen, Kimbrell's cooked. <laughs> Kimbrell, Kimbrell hasn't again has not pitched. He has not pitched. He's not picked up. A, he, I'm sure he's picked up a baseball, but it's not the same. And he was not good last year in the postseason. He his spin rates have gone down on every one of his pitches. He's a power pitcher. He's if if these if the rumors or whatever about these balls are true, how is he going to locate anything? Like his walk rate was already going up last year. His strikeout rate was declining. At least with Pavetta, listen, he may not be the most mm, like emotionally stable guy. Like on the mound, he's not exactly tough willed. I would say. Yeah, um, I think you could say that. Um, I could say it's it's probably biggest issue. But yes. But I think that in in that role, and I don't know if he'd be the closer. I don't think he would be the closer. I think he would be. I think he'd be a multi inning guy. I think like, he'd be a yeah. six seven. He would be, be with like Nares. Yeah, or what Sir Anthony was last year, theoretically, yes. like that type of guy. Or what Naris did last games. night, basically. Sure. Yeah. Except go another in. Go another. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think that if you put him in the bullpen, right, and he is coming out and he is throwing 98, 99. And then the curve. It's and, all then, you need. and then the curve. The well, that's all you need. Well, that's the big difference. I mean, to be a starting pitcher, as you've discussed many times, and have only two pitches is a problem. To be a reliever and have only two pitches is fine. Yeah. And it's the totally difference, fine. The difference between um, him and Vinny out of the pen is that I think Pavetta will come in and pump strikes. Like, it's never been a problem for Pavetta to pump strikes. It's just that his. So there's a difference between control and command. And sure, Pavetta does not walk people, but he's also not accurate within the zone. So, like when he is is uh, when a catcher is located down and away, he'll miss right down the middle rather than missing away, or he misses he misses in the heart of the zone rather than missing to the corners or, or what have you. Right. So, I, I think when you're coming in throwing ninety eight, ninety nine, you can afford to miss 
where you can't as a starter because you're coming in, you're trying to warm up into the game from 95, 96. And what, what, what Pavetta's mentality was in spring training was I'm going to throw as hard as I can for as long as I can and these, good luck hitting me. And that's what it looked like in Lehigh Valley the other day. And that's not what it looked like when he was actually pitching in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, and I think in the bullpen, it should be you should be well enough to where you can just say, I'm going to throw as hard as I can and just try to strike everyone out. Yeah. And I think he'd be dominant at it. I think he would be absolutely dominant at it. Um, and if he can, that almost it almost shores up your entire bullpen. It really does. Yeah. And then you, look, can go, you can go and add a starter if you need to. I think for this season, I, I think that. Pivetta to the pen makes a ton of sense. I think it's an asset that you don't have right now that, you know, you don't have that guy. Well, and there's no point in keeping him in AAA. Well, and that's my point. So I do think that long-term, look, if the Phillies believe that Nick Pavetta can be a quality starter for them, they should keep him as a starter. I don't think there's any question about that. It's a more valuable asset. But I think for this season specifically, in the situation they are in right now, I just think he's more valuable to you as a bullpen piece. And like... And, and and for a team that says every game matters, you know, look, they sent him down in the first place because yeah. every game matters. I think it might be more valuable as a bullpen piece this year. Yeah, and it might even be better than so. Like, let's say Velasquez gives you five or four, then you just bring in Pavetta, and it almost works as like an opener. It's a good point too. So yeah, um, kind of what we saw Eikhoff do in that blowout game. Correct. Uh, that Pavetta started. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> How about it? Full uh, circle, baby. Yeah, and listen, it. I don't. I think everyone in the rotation right now is pitching well enough to stay in the rotation. There's no doubt about that. But you're just you're wasting Pavetta down in AAA when he could he could, theory, he could give you something. He could point. help he you could out. help the team win games. And tell me you'd rather have Jose him Alvarez or or Bright Ramos or Nakasu. Any of those guys. I don't care. I know they're different roles, but I'll take them over all those guys. Right uh, correct. Now. Okay. Uh, hot seat. Lay it on us. Who's on the hot seat, Jack? It's John Maley. Oh, I no. this offense has been inconsistent ever since he's gotten here. The only player who's gotten better under him is Michael Franco. Fair. There is no one else. And th- I guess Scott are, Kingery before he got hurt, kind but the, of. But, but, but he got better because he went away he from went John away, Maley's yes, teach. Very fair. He got away from what Maley yes. told him to do. Uh, Reese has always been a launch angle guy, so that's fine. Uh, Real Muto, like he's. He is the best hitting catcher in baseball, but that's only because the the hitting position for catchers is so bad. Right. Um. He's been fine offensively. Fine. He's got like a seven eighty OPS. He's fine. He's been like, good. Let's not get carried away. He's not great. He's been fine. Yes. Great defensively, but he's been fine. Like shockingly great. Like unbelievable. I mean, I we all talked about Alfaro's arm. Oh, JT doesn't have the arm. You can't run on JT Romuto. The, the transfer running. is so fast. But anyway, stop running on him. Yeah. Um. Seg- anyway, Segura, Segura. Uh. Harper hasn't. Been able to like my problem with Segura doesn't need a hitting yeah, coach. Yeah. Segura is his own hitting coach. Yeah, and neither does Kutch at this point. Yeah. But but like it doesn't feel like there's any adjustments at the plate. It feels like it's just one way. This is how I'm going to do it. And I don't want to call for the guy's head because I no one totally knows what hitting hitting coaches do. Great point. Like no one really knows. Great point. So, like you know what pitching coaches do. Like. I don't know. Like it's funny too because when you think about it, you and I could list off, you know, five guys who are considered the the greatest pitching coaches of all time. Whether it's Dave Duncan or Ray Searidge or you know Mel Stottlemyre, whoever it is, there have been guys who you're like, oh, they're the best pitching coaches. I get it. Tell me the best hitting coaches. Tell me one. Tell me a hitting coach who was a good like Kevin Seitzer. I feel like was a pretty good hitting coach for someone at some point. Like. It's just, I don't know. All the best hitting coaches are running their own academies to get guys to break out. It's a great point, Jack. They're oh, Jason Ochart. They're Jason Ochart. They and now those guys are getting into the big leagues. I mean, the so 
The Dodgers guy the, again. The he, Dodgers guy. He never played baseball. Like never at a high level. He played like JUCO. But he's a smart guy who understands video and baseball and all that stuff. And he puts it together. And he's a hitting coach now. For the, <laughs> and, one of the best offenses in baseball. And look at what they're doing. Doing great. So it's working. I don't want to call for the guy's head, but I'm just saying that this this offense has been inconsistent for two years. This lineup has. I don't know, $500 million worth of, of, of I mean, like bats. we said before this season, and again, the Dodgers lineup is better right now. There's no argument. But I think you could argue that the Phillies lineup has as much or more talent than any lineup in it's, the National it's League. probably the deepest lineup in yeah, the NL. And pure talent, probably the most talented. And they haven't been great. And I understand the injuries have been there. That's perfectly fine. Totally get it. But when Odubel comes back, I, I need to see the offense getting back to how it was. The first two weeks of the season, because if not, like, what are we? What? What? what John Maley was fired from a Marlins team that was ascending, and then they got rid of him from a Cubs team that just won a World Series, mm-hmm. from a Astros team before they really took off. Like, th- there's something there that this guy's been fired in three different spots. Yeah, it's a really fair point. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I agree. We're not calling for his job yet, but John Maley is definitively on the hot seat, as far as I'm concerned. It's really the the lack of life at times to this offense is shown, like we just talked about. And this lineup is is too good. How many one or no run games have they had this season? It just feels like way too many. And it's maddening too. It's not even. It's it's not even. The, it's it's not competitive it's at bats. In, and it's inconsistency. And it's all. It's not competitive at bats. It's a great way to. And put I just it. wonder. I wonder what their plan is. Like I, I don't. I don't. The, the way they describe the the hitting coach for the Dodgers is that like. He sees pitches that these guys should be able to crush, and like where he throws it, and they have like a deep before games they get like a detailed plan of how you're going to attack hitters or how you're going to attack these pitchers. Yep. And I'm I'm sure maybe they have some sure kind of game plan. something, but it doesn't seem like it's it's nearly it's just, as involved it, or as detailed. This this lineup is too good to be as inconsistent as it, as it's been. Um, and ultimately, that comes on the hitting coach eventually. Because look, they're not going to rid of Bryce Harper, they're not going to rid of Reese Hoskins, they're yeah. not going to rid of Andrew McCutcheon, whatever. They're going to get rid of the hitting coach. Yeah. So. Just uh, just know, John Maley, that we are a Jason O'Chart podcast. Oh, buddy! And uh, we're watching. Wow. Cut to John Maley sitting there saying, I'm going to listen to the spot. I love it. And now he's just ruined his day. Dejected. Poor John. Oh, do better. All right. Um, real quickly, before we move on to final thoughts, two quick things to throw in there. I'm, I'm emptying my notes, as you like to say, Jack. One, um, Smash Mouth. You say like LOL? Is that what we want to go with? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, what is this uh, American Heart Association home runs for hearts game thing that- No, you don't have to talk about that. Was apparently not great, No, you don't don't have to talk about that. What happened? Dude, it was a disaster. (laughs) It was a- It was a- Utter disaster. <laughs> so set the scene. What is so it's do I have it? Okay. Yeah, I just asked okay. you. That. I mean, the high, you never lie to the high hopes listeners. That's one of your lines, Jack. I know. It's, what just, it's really tough not never lying to them because <laughs> I really want to lie. So okay, so so I go to the I go to the, I get ready to go to the ballpark, and the day before I went and bought batting gloves because oh I'm, man, you well, went all out. I'm playing in a Sunday league this year. You didn't want to go Will Myers style, right? But the, and then I showed up and I was like. I would really look like a douche if I wore batting gloves. So I decided not to wear batting you gloves. You which are, I, so you did go Will Myers. Which I'm attributing 25% of my struggles. <laughs> and the helmet was huge. Let me just uh-huh. say that. Like, okay. It was all over my head. I tried to find a small <laughs> one. So on brand. <laughs> so like, you got any more excuses? <laughs> the dogs are barking. It's crazy. <laughs> all of a sudden, it was barks at the park. Um, so I go to this thing, right? And I'm, I'm in the outfield. And I'm watching all these scrubs. And I'm that out there shagging. I'm like, I'm gonna run away. This <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely run away. I'm talking to Pat Gallon, talking to talking to Kyle Scott, uh-huh. and I'm just like, these guys, like, 
Imagine, imagine these guys who can't hit. Yeah. Like they're barely sure. making, they're barely making contact. Yeah. So I get called in, and I'm like, showtime. <laughs> <laughs> and I go and dug out, and like I give like a little head nod to John Clark, like it's 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 go time, it's go time. <laughs> um, and then and then I'm going, you know, I didn't take any warm up hacks, which I'm attributing at least thirty percent of this to no warm up hacks, like dry. Um. <laughs> And and then right before I go on, like uh, one of the organizers of the event was like, "Hey, my my husband wanted to pass on a Pavetta message. Like he loves the podcast, and that, that got in my head because like Pavetta." Shout struggled. out to that guy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, and Thank you for getting in Jack's head. <laughs> and I go out there, and I I don't know if this is true or not, but I think they put a stop ball in there. Like <laughs> like like this thing. Was first off, it's a pitching machine, and let me just say this: the year before, I was squaring up Ricky Bo, like I I was destroying Ricky Bo uh-huh. in the cage, uh-huh. like not it was tank shots. Uh-huh. There was people fawning in the back. It was like it was a, it was an absolute show, a uh-huh. laser show. Uh-huh. And then I go out there against this pitching machine, and the audacity for the Phillies to make me look as bad as they did <laughs> by putting in by putting in stop balls. It was. It was. <laughs> they were out to get you, I Jack. Really, I, they knew how much crap. They were I was like, talking. "We gotta knock this Harper Lent guy down a peg, dude." So, like, I hit like three balls into the side of the cage. I swing and miss at least twice. Oh. I'm popping balls into the top of the cage. I'm. I have a very quick trigger when it comes to anger. Like when it comes to like no! when it comes to like f bombs coming out. Get out of here! So it's like here. a nice charity event. I'm like in my oh, head. No. Like, are you? Bleeping kidding me. Way to represent the Iowa spot there. And guy. then I finally hit one like foul ball into the stands. I barely snuck out of this cage that was catering to left handed hitters. Um, <laughs> you just, I, I love that you just slide them in there. Like, it's a le- left handed hitter cage, obviously. Yeah, obviously, it was. Uh, and, then, oh, yeah. and, and then, the you know, the, the, the guy's like, oh, you got three more. And I was like, I freaking know I got three more. And then it just went to crap. It was horrible. It was. It was. I've never been more disappointed in my entire life. Wow. I was so mad. And I'm. And then I go running out to left field, and Pat Gallon's laughing at me. Well deserved. And it, Shout and, out to Pat. And and like I, I see Matt O'Donnell win my trophy, and I was just. <laughs> I was. I was infuriated. I'm so happy I asked about that. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> that, was, that was worth it. I wasn't it. wearing cleats. Couldn't get the... I wasn't wearing a batting gloves. Bat was... Oh, everything was too big. so worth it. The bat was heavy. And- <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts, Fritzy. Well, should we do the National Series before finals? Oh, yeah. Duh. I yeah. forgot all about it. All right. So, we get to see Jeremy Hellickson, which is... <laughs> Super. Terrific. Jeremy Hellickson versus Jared Eikhoff in the battle of 89 miles an hour. Hey, in the battle of aces. Yeah. I mean... I never seen want to see Jeremy Hellickson pitch again after that last game, the fifteen to one, John. Yeah. Where do you come down? Uh, Eikhoff, Hellickson. Then we have Arietta versus Corbin, which is clearly the marquee pitching matchup does, of the uh, the series. Does Patrick Corbin throw a no hitter or a perfect game? <laughs> He's one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> because we ripped that contract a lot. He's going to come and show no, us. No, I ripped. I ripped the thirty six year old uh, when he's thirty six. They're paying him thirty five yeah. million dollars yeah. portion of that. I mean, contract. It's a horrendous contract. It's going to go down. So he's good now. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be good. And then uh, they miss Scherzer in Strasburg, which is pretty cool. And it's Eflin versus uh, versus Anibal in the uh, the third game. And shout out to the uh, the Nationals for putting Rendon on the the IL uh, too late. I guess. It was great. They put him on the IL after he missed like eight games. Yeah. They're like, oh, now let's throw him on the IL. Right. So they missed Rendon this whole entire series, which like 
like maybe they have it's a huge. Maybe the Phillies have a fighting chance now that Anthony Rendon's not playing. Yeah, we call Jeff McNeil a Philly killer. Anthony yeah. Rendon owns our soul. Yeah. So and thank God Pavetta's not pitching in the series oh, because there's God. a zero percent chance they would win. Oh. Any general thoughts on the series? Uh, uh, you like that it's here? Uh, you a little payback for the last series from a not sucking perspective? You've heard maybe? this before. I'll say it again. Take two or three. There it <laughs> That's is. That's what it always is. There it is. Take two or three. Uh, they, listen, they should be able to crush Hellickson. They probably won't. He owns them. They'll they'll lose the Corbin start, I'm just convinced. And, they'll beat Annabelle. And Annabelle will find some way to pitch six innings and infuriate all of us. Yeah. And Luckily, they have that bullpen, though, so we'll yes. get to that. Oh, we'll my out. God. Where's Trevor Rosenthal? Whenever, when well, is Rosenthal? I, think, I don't think Rosenthal's on the team now. Oh, yeah, they, they sent him down. You're right. Um, Had to give him some extra work. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good job. Carter Kierboom. What do you think Carter about Kierboom. that guy? Kierboom. Uh He is. It's like a legit prospect. Yeah, guy. It's fun. He's, he's good. Listen, the Nationals, they, they just, they scout well. They, they always have studs coming up. I Even though him. they lost Harper, like the future of uh, Robles, Soto, Kiboom, Turner, Rendon. It's a lot of talent. It's a lot of guys. It is a lot it's of a guys. a lot of guys. And that staff, I mean, it makes sense why they invested in the staff. Yeah. Like you have Corbin, Scherzer, uh, Strasburg. Like That's a good it, point. It's it's fine. The bullpen is a absolute tire fire. It's crazy that the Phillies have the best bullpen in the NL East, and everyone hates the Phillies bullpen. How about this? The Phillies have the best starting staff from a numbers perspective. Like, just pure numbers. The Phillies have the best starting staff and the best bullpen, and the cumulative numbers of like the pitching staff versus the rest of the NL East is crazy. They're like a half run better ERA wise than anyone else in the NL. It's crazy. It's hilarious. It's absurd because they're not good from that perspective. All right, fine. they're also pretty good. I mean, they're like, fine. They're good. I think people overreact to how bad they are. Yeah, I think it goes both ways. And look, Eflin's been solid, and and Eichhoff's been good since he's been here. Arietta's been good. They're better than I think we we kind of rip them more than they deserve. But it is crazy they're that much better than everyone. Yeah, and the Phillies yeah, certainly else. have a better back end of the rotation than all of those teams. I Truth. mean, they're not rolling out Jeremy Hellickson and Annabelle Sanchez. Yeah, that's a good point to round out our rotation. It's fair. So it's fair. You would think the Mets, with all the talent, should be the best, but it is. What they have Jason Vargas. There you go. Final thoughts for <laughs> thank you for Jason Vargas. Uh, so I was thinking about this a lot. Or I was, thinking about, I was thinking about this last night. Oh, I thought you thought about it a lot. I well, I have thought about it a lot. I wanted to figure out a way to bring it up uh, contextually. Ooh. So this is obviously a bland statement, but I think the Phillies are like, I think they're a few years away. Like I've been, for me to, I, I think Clentac's really good, but for me to fully believe in Clentac long-term, I need him to find an under-the-radar stud and, and turn him into a stud. You know okay. what I mean? Like I do know what you mean. Like all these teams, like the the Dodgers find Max Muncy. Yes. The, like they 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 find those kind of guys. They yes. find they found Chris Taylor. Yes. Um. The Rays find everyone. It feels like the Rays just are machines. The Yankees turn Chase. Just bring up Nate Lowe. They're like, yeah, no biggie. The Yankees turn Chase and Shreve into uh, Luke Voigt. Like that kind of stuff. Yes. Um. And I just I think the Phillies. They're close to that. I think the Phillies are a smart organization. I think they're are are well run. They're but they're they're like three years behind where they need to be. Um so while this is year one of the Bryce Harper experience, like I would say three years from now, they're gonna finally start turning out some some studs. Like the problem with the Phillies right now, and that's been mildly frustrating, is that one one guy gets hurt, like we're replacing them with just eh. Like mm-hmm. just Bleh. Yeah. Like, just not great players. But when, like, Yankees get hurt, they someone else turns into a stud and whatever. Yeah, Clint the, Frazier the, starts, and then yeah. Luke Voigt starts. And right, then and they have that. insane yeah. levels of depth, right? Yes. And the Dodgers have crazy that's levels of depth. That's what the Dodgers of depth. are built on. So, what I'm, what I'm, so what I'm that's saying... That's exactly right. What I'm saying here is that Clint Tech has done a really good job of putting the Phillies in this position 
where they are now. And I think he's building this thing the right way from the ground up because the Philly, like he basically took over a team that had none of this. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is oh, building he took from over ground a disaster. zero. Yeah. So like the, he took over a team that was actually like the opposite way, like further, like had issues he had to clean up the, and then move forward. The fact that they've been this good this quickly actually I think is impressive. I agree with you. Like like the Astros in 2012, that's when Lunau took over, they had absolutely nothing. The like, Astros had three straight seasons with like 106 losses or more. They lost 110 games in a season. They were one of the worst teams in the history of the ba- of baseball for three straight years. Yeah, Let's and, not forget that. And that's where the Orioles are heading. Agree. So I just, I, I the Phillies are building a juggernaut um, and I, I just think that they're they're three years behind where they need to be. Um, and like, look at all the teams that are thriving right now. You have the Rays, who who uh, w- was put in place by Andrew Friedman. Now Friedman's in, in L.A. He knows what he's doing. Uh, you have Cashman in New York. He knows exactly what he's doing. You have Dave Dombrowski in Boston, who I don't totally love. Kind of knows what he's he doing. Kind of knows what he's doing. Um, Theo knows how to grow from the ground up, but obviously one of the worst maintainers in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Klensak. Mm-hmm. I think Klensak is building this the right way from the ground up. Um, and I think it's going to start yielding its results in about three years. Like they, they had to build a whole analytics department from scratch. They had to create their whole, they just, well, and their foreign scouting system, like the Dominican Academy, like all these things that were, were basic infrastructure needs that an MLB organization in the late, you know, 20th or in the like late 2019, 20 teens, I'm trying to say, that's the type of thing that you, you have to have. I mean, yeah. you have to have that. So I, I I will say that I think they're I think they're three years away from from really having a, a full just organizationally organization even. top to bottom depth crushing it everywhere. Love it. All right, two final thoughts. One is Cody Bellinger is hitting four twenty nine with fourteen homers and thirty eight RBI. I just, dude, I mean the guy is having an unbelievable. Ted season. Williams on watch. He's betting four twenty nine. But my real final thought is that before the show, Jack said that. He's better than Paul McCartney. I think you, if, you, if you put me in the 60s, I'm just like Paul McCartney. I, I, <laughs> I at least appreciate that you weren't singing some horrendous country song today and we're yeah. singing a Beatles song. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I actually have one more final thought. Ooh. Uh, so, AAA home runs in 2018, in the month of April, mm-hmm. 551. AAA home runs in April of 2019, now that they're using MLB balls, 960. What? Nothing to see here. <laughs> well, you've seen all the numbers. It's like the it's like the home runs are having the fastest per bat in the history of baseball. The most home runs in the month of April in this. It's unbelievable. It's just nothing home, to see here. Home run time, baby. No one, nothing to see here. Stick the long ball, yeah, Jack. They're trying. They're trying. They are trying. All right, we'll be back Monday. He's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.